Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters, and I'm a New York City based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. If you're a woman in midlife or approaching midlife, you're probably very confused about menopause and or perimenopause. It's not surprising there's so much incorrect and contradictory information on the topic. Not to mention women really didn't talk about it. Well, that wasn't until my generation, Gen Xers, started to go through it. We talk. The fact is every woman goes through menopause and 85% experience symptoms. In the early 2000s, the Women's Health Initiative released the results of a trial they had conducted on hormone replacement therapy that was flawed and misinterpreted by the press who ran with the story, HRT causes breast cancer. And women in droves were going off HRT and suffering. By the time I was in menopause a few years ago and HRT was brought up, I too said to my doctor, I'm scared. I hear it causes breast cancer. I've since learned the study has been widely debunked and have been happily on HRT for nearly two years. If you have not yet read the New York Times article, Women Have Been Misled About Menopause, that was released on February 1st, 2023, I highly recommend you read it. I'll leave the link in the show notes below. It was long past due, and it's been highly regarded by every menopause expert I trust, one of which is my next guest, Dr. Kelly Kasperson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. My guest today is Dr. Kelly Kasperson, who I met last fall. In New York. In New York. Right. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks for having me. Well, we're going to talk about menopause. Woohoo. I know that's your favorite subject. People need to talk about it more. Don't we? Don't you think? Yes. Well, we're not going to talk about that today. But Okay. I'm just saying things people need to talk more about. That's true. But don't you think the conversation about menopause, have you seen a drastic, I've noticed a drastic change recently. How about you? Huge. Huge. It's great, right? Seismic. Yes. What do you think that's from? Gen X giving a shit. Oh, I like it. Okay. That's, that's good. It's not, it's, we're loud, aren't we? Well, I think, you know, we're thinking about aging in a different way. I think we're thinking about like, how can I keep going like this? Right. And we see, we see our parents maybe starting to decline or have declined. And we're, that helps that like gives us an existential, like, how can I do this in a, in a better way? Um, so I don't know. I, I like to think Gen X is like, we're being a little introspective and we're, we're business owners. We're successful people. We're like, why do we have to suffer in regards to menopause? So I think we're, we're not putting up with some, some poop that older generations put up with. And we have great options now. We have safe yeah. options. We have great options. Older generations didn't have that. So I, it's, it's a, probably a whole bunch of stuff. But don't you think that that's also kind of adding to the confusion? Because 
I think I've noticed that there's just seems to be a ton of confusion around perimenopause and menopause and like more so than ever. Why, why do you think that is? Well, I think, I think we're just starting to talk about menopause. If you think about like, you think about menopause, well, not you, cause you, you know a lot, but like, if you, th- if you ask somebody <laughs> to think about menopause, like they think about a 70 year old with white hair, right? Still? Still. Oh, I think so. Okay. And it's like, no, 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 menopause is like average age 51, right? And then what right. about all the crazy years going up to it, which is per- the perimenopause? It's like doctors don't get taught how to treat this, right? And so if you right. don't give a name to it, it doesn't exist. And so now we're like, oh, we're giving a name to it now. And so now people are like, what in the, is this thing that seems very new, but we're just finally talking about it. So if you were in medical school and they didn't really talk about this or teach this, how did you personally get so involved in so this pro. conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Sex. <laughs> I, I got it no, all yeah. comes down to sex. It does. Okay. It, well, for me, it did because I had a podcast about sex and, you know, Instagram, which you can't really talk about sex much on Instagram, but some no, Instagram and um, women just kept coming, you know, talking to me and they're like, well, you know, but because of menopause, I don't have a sex life. Well, you know, because of menopause, I blah, 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 you know, because of men. And I was like, is this true? And then, you know, I have access to all the medical journals and I know how to interpret it and I know how to read all that. So I'm like, let's see, let's see if sex goes down after menopause. And then I started learning about hormones and how incredibly safe they are and how incredibly, you know, health sustaining they are. And then you just see it come against this culture clash of fear that we've had for 20 years. And I'm like, this isn't right. Like, it's not okay to be this afraid still 20 years from the Women's Health Initiative. And so started getting a lot more vocal on menopause. But um, I always say, like, I got to I got to menopause because of sex. Oh, OK. Well, you know, all, th- all roads lead to sex. So, OK, so or, or menopause or menopause. Well, that is for sure. We might not all, get all roads sex. lead to menopause. We might not all get a lot of sex in midlife, but we're all going to get menopause. So yeah. there's no avoiding if you're that. successful, if you lived. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's I a guess freaking blessing. It means you're still alive. Absolutely. So what's happening to our bodies when we go through menopause? Well, the perimenopause, a, I mean, yeah. Yeah. In the a perimenopause, nutshell. yeah. Perimenopause is a roller coaster, uh, reverse puberty of the slowing down of the ovaries and then the brain trying to keep the ovaries going. So you got like lots of hormones that go up and down, crazy heavy periods, periods that spread out, moodiness, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, all of these things can happen before you stop your periods, which is not always a great marker anyways, because we've had hysterectomies or we have IUDs or we've had ablations or we've, whatever. So like, it's not a great marker of if you're in menopause. In menopause, your estrogen is now finally low enough where you're not releasing an egg and cycling and having a period. Right. Okay. And then how does a woman know then if she's transitioned from perimenopause to menopause. You don't. You don't. I mean, unless unless right. if you're if you're having natural periods and it's been a year since a natural period, that's the definition. Right. But so, not everybody has that option of you, knowing that. You know, it's funny. I when I was younger or whatever, women talked about menopause. I had never heard the term perimenopause until I was in it. And when my OB told me I was in perimenopause, you know, it was perimenopause. I I was like, what's that? How sad is that? I'm so thankful that, like, you know, totally common. Yeah, I know. I told, I had a woman in my office, she's 38 
she's having some issues going on. And I just ask all the questions and I'm like, well, this, you know, this could be perimenopause. And she's like, what? But it's like, listen, if you're hearing it from the first time from your doctor, like you're not going to take it as well <laughs> as yeah. if like, because you're like, your vision of menopause is still the 70 year old, you know, golden girls, white haired person, you know, so your world yeah. kind of comes crashing down. But, but it's like, I, you don't have to think of it that way. You don't. And it's funny because like, I, I don't know, my, I did know menopause was more in your 50s. I, that I knew that because of my mom and her friends and whatnot, um, they didn't really talk about it, but you'd see like one of my mom, my mom would be like, oh, Linda's having a, having a, a hot flash, you know, like, but the perimenopause was just totally foreign to me, totally foreign until I yeah. was in it. And that was shocking. If we don't know what it is, women just feel like they're going crazy. Yeah. Right. Like your yeah. default is you're going crazy because we don't know what perimenopause is. Be like, no, no, no this is what the body's doing. It's trying. It's trying. <laughs> and it makes no. you suffer. I, I specifically went to my OB because I thought something was very wrong because my periods were becoming so horrific. I thought there was, I'm like, oh, there's got to be something wrong. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, you're in perimenopause. And I was like, what is that? So, you know, now I know a lot more. I mean, you know what? It's a good thing. Our generation is vocal. Gen X is we may be called Karens, but we get it done. <laughs> I love you. Gen. We're just like the small tribe sandwiched in between these big groups. But it's like, dude, we're good. We're cool. We are good. We were we were raised feral. We figured it out. Completely know. feral. Completely feral. That's what I said. I'm like, uh, it was me. I just my parents were like, just get home in one piece at some point in the evening and we're good mm -hmm. to go. OK, so. Uh, here's something that I feel very strongly about. I want to know what your thoughts are. Is what is your thoughts on bioidentical versus HRT when it comes to treatment? Yeah, well, it's a great question because it's it's not even the right it's not even the right question. Like, oh, okay, HR, rephrase HR, it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so HRT is is hormone replacement therapy, of which most of it is bioidentical. Right. So what's bioidentical is used as a marketing term. We love the naturalistic fallacy. We love thinking things are natural. I was actually looking at this like 70% of food, like not like apples, but like created food, packaged food, 70% of it has some sort of natural earth labeling on it. 70% of it because it's such a useful marketing term. And that's right. all bioidentical is. And the majority of FDA approved products that your insurance covers that are dirt cheap that you can get from your family doctor are bioidentical. Mm. But those people aren't trying to make money off of you, so they don't call it bioidentical, right? So you go over there and spend thousands of dollars because you think it's better. But estradiol is bioidentical. Just it's basically very similar to what your body produces. Right. Like I just heard rather recently that actually that estradiol, that the hormones that we take when we're on HRT really are, when you drill down, they are natural. Yeah. So I'm glad we cleared up that confusion. Yeah. People okay, get, so but I mean, it comes from a very interesting place because, because Western medicine avoided hormones and thought it was dangerous for so long. So many women suffered what to do. So women went to these people who said, don't worry, these ones are safe. We're going to call yeah. these ones bioidentical. We're going to call these ones natural. So you felt safe in the midst of the fear, right? And so now that Western medicine's like, well, yeah, we've got estradiol too, and you don't have to remortgage your house for it or get a, <laughs> you know all the all the things. We're like, oh, I don't know. 
or like it's the same stuff. So you did bring up an interesting, this was going to be my next question. So why, since I've got you on here and I've talked about this before, but I want to hear it from a professional, a doctor, someone with a license. Can you please clear up the link of HRT to breast cancer? Too many women believe this is still the case. What is the real story? Yeah. I had a woman in my office literally this week who's like, I'm never going to touch any hormones because I'm adopted. And I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. Let's break that down. (laughs) Right. Why can you not be on hormones because you're adopted? And she's like, well, because I don't know what my history is. And what if there's a history of breast cancer? And I'm like, so what if there is, you know, and you can if you have a first first degree relative, so mom or sister with breast cancer, you can still be on hormones. That's how safe it is. That's how much data they've done. We actually have data. And what's so crazy is like I have to get people from being afraid of hormones to understanding that estrogen actually decreases your risk of breast cancer. It's like the facts are actually the opposite of what the fear is. Um, But I mean, the short story is the Women's Health Initiative came out in 2002 before it was even published, the media took it and they said estrogen causes breast cancer. 70% of women in our country were taken off of their hormones since then. Um, and, uh, you know, autoimmune diseases have gone up. Depression and anxiety has gone up. Hip fractures have gone up. Osteoporosis has gone up. All the things have gone up because we don't have people on hormones. Um, and now we're like sharing the data that it actually doesn't cause cancer, but it's ingrained. You know, I ask women like, where does that fear come from? Who told you that? They you don't just know. heard it. You just heard it. It's in you the just ether. Heard. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. It's just in the water. And so like we we have so much work to do to even be like to get to neutral, right? right. Let alone estrogen actually people and breast cancer is still common. It doesn't mean, you know, just because right. you get breast cancer and you're on hormones doesn't mean the hormones caused it. That's a correlation, not causation that our brains, we really want to, our brains really want to find the cause. And we can't always. No, I, I'm one of those people that said that. I, I was. I was like, look, there's breast cancer in my family. I, you know, I'm, I don't want to be and there. You know, I had to learn for myself that that's not the case. So what happened that made us realize or I mean, I'm sure that there's doctors and scientists and whatever research to disprove that initial study that basically wrecked women's lives for the last 20 odd years. Yeah. Um, It's fascinating because even the original study on the estrogen alone arm had a decreased rate of breast cancer. So how did they? It was the estrogen plus progesterone that had increased risk compared to placebo. But this study was never created to look at risks of breast cancer. And the placebo group in that group, in that section, had previously been on estrogen, falsely lowering their risk of breast cancer. Now, that came out in subsequent analyses because oh, people for okay. a while, they're like, maybe it's the progesterone. Maybe it's the, maybe estrogen's fine, but maybe it's the progesterone. And the true experts of the study say, no, it's your placebo group that was off. A lot of your placebo group had previously taken estrogen, artificially lowering their risk of breast cancer compared to these other people who hadn't previously been on estrogen so that it looked like their breast cancer was higher, thus thinking hormones caused breast cancer. So not only was the study interpreted wrong, it was actually conducted in a very biased way. I mean, in 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 all fairness, this was not a study looking at breast cancer. 
Right. If it was a study looking at breast cancer, you would have randomized your placebo and your controls for risk of breast cancer, previous, you know, all this stuff. But this is looking at can we lower heart disease risk in people who don't have any symptoms who are way past menopause? That's what the study was. But we we took all this data from it. So yeah, not randomized for breast cancer at all. Oh, but it was interpreted as such. Wow. That's right. Wow. That's ridiculous. So that's crazy. But it takes a while to explain it, right? But like women are smart, they can handle this. And it's like, that's where your fear is coming from. Now we know that. Do you want to give hormones a try? Do you not? And I'm not this like, it should be in the drinking water. But it's like, understand where your fear is. And if that's why you're choosing to not treat your symptoms, it's ridiculous at this point. Well, I mean, I figure women should be uh, getting a mammogram, you know, once a year. I mean, if you're doing what needs to be done, you will hopefully catch this anyway. And it's not necessarily related. I'm just glad this got cleared up because I I don't think I would have been, I would have gone on it had I not found out the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty, and I advocated for myself and I'm pretty, you know, educated on, on this topic. And yet I still was concerned about the breast cancer. Well, breast cancer is, is fear inducing. That said, it's very common. It's 95% curable. If you look at the people getting diagnosed and what's the number one killer of a woman who's previously had breast cancer, heart disease, heart disease. Yep. Yep. Right. So you're, and what decreases heart disease? Estrogen. Estrogen. So, you know, in just going through the data of like, we're literally scared of the wrong things. Nobody's scared of heart disease. Right. But like, we're very fearful of breast cancer. And, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be fearful of cancer. What I'm saying is it's actually highly curable and you're still going to die of the stuff everybody else is going to die of. Right. But, but that being said, You've also mentioned that it helps with bone loss, osteoporosis, uh, brain health, dementia. What, what, other, what other great things can... Oh my God, it decreases the risk of colon cancer. Think about a cancer to be scared of. There's one. Yeah. Um, decreases yeah. your risk of insulin resistance, decreases your risk of heart disease, decreases your risk of all-cause mortality. And somebody, you know, somebody, somebody on the internet picked that up and they're like, how can this make you die less? Like they were like, what does that mean? <laughs> it means if you look at the women between the ages of 50 and 60 who are on hormone replacement therapy compared to their cohorts who aren't, they have about a three year longer life expectancy. Wow. That's it helps with your sleep. It helps with your moodiness. It can help with your sex drive. It's good for, it, then let's just get vain for a second. It's good for your hair and your skin. Right. Like there's lots of good. It, and all medications have risks, people. All medications have risks. Risks of hormones, it's, you know, in some of them, slightly higher risk of gallbladder disease uh, can change your lipids, um, slightly higher risk of blood clot if you take oral estrogen, patches still very safe. So I'm, I'm not saying that this is a, the panacea that everybody needs to be on, but, you know, we do stupid stuff that increases our risk every day. Women drink alcohol. It's associated with eight cancers. We're, we're okay. just scared of the wrong things. So what then? So we've talked about bioidentical and, you know, the hormone that anybody, the patches and whatever. And, but what about like pellets and things like that? What are your thoughts on these other like 
manufacturing. Like personally, I even if a doctor gave them to me, I, I don't know what's in it. Like I, it's not FDA approved. Like what are your thoughts about the non-FDA yeah. approved stuff? I mean, again, looking at where it came from, right? Doctors did not want to give anybody hormones. These women were miserable. And then we said, well, come over here, pay us cash, and we'll tell you it's natural and we'll use the stuff that isn't the drugs, right? Because right. like we think that pharma, you know, pharmaceuticals are bad, but like herbal, herbal things are good, which is, right. again, the naturalistic fallacy. But we see a, a higher rate of side effects and we see a much higher physiologic dose of hormones. So people having testosterones in the male levels of testosterones and really high estrogen levels and stuff. And that's just not studied as much, right? And so it's like, take as little as you need. And the average woman's in menopause for 30 years. You're going to get a scar on your butt every three months for 30 years. Like it's just, the pellets aren't sustainable, let alone the cost. Yeah, 30 years. Um, so I've got women but- in their 70s and 80s. Like they're so... About 20% of women eked, who were on hormones eked through the Women's Health Initiative, right? Like these are, these are the group of women who were incredibly vocal and said, over my dead body, are you going to stop these hormones? And they've stayed on them for the last 20 years. Wow. But my big question is like, who's researching these people, right? But like, I see them. And I'm to the point now I'm pretty good that like, if you come into my office and you're 78, I can, I can tell if you're on hormones or not. Really? I'm pretty good at it. Wow. So what, what is, what is the marker when you look at a woman, what is that 70 year old woman? What does she have that makes you say, oh, she's on HRT? Energy. Energy. And this, you know, the frailty of old age, they come in, they've got no muscle mass. They're not exercising. They look like if the wind blew them over, something would crack. They don't look like that. My mother. That was my mother. No, seriously. Who, by the way, swore that she never went through menopause. And I realized, I've learned that she did. She just, she had had a hysterectomy young. So she didn't have a lot of the, you know, she got hot flashes. But I mean, that's what most people mean. Yeah. Yeah. When they say I never, because I I had that a couple of weeks ago, a woman, she's like 73. She's like, I never went through menopause. And I'm like, oh, honey, you did. You're telling me you can get pregnant right now? (laughs) Yeah. You just, you just breezed right through it. You were, you were, you're telling me you didn't have a hot flash. Yeah. But your your cardiovascular disease, your, you know, brain changes, your osteoporotic risk, it's all still there. And people think like menopause is something that you're done with. And then I don't know what they think happens. But, like it's a progressive change to your body because of years and years of no hormones. Okay. So let's talk about that. So what is the optimal time to start HRT and when is it too late? Within 10 years post, not not peri right? So post, 10 years post, um, you, whenever that menopause was. And if you don't know, we kind of guess by saying average age in America is 51. Maybe if you knew when your mom did, there might be a correlation there. Um, and it's not a hard stop. It's not like, you know, 10 years in one day, you can't be on them. But your risk, cha- your risk changes and your risk goes up. And what are the risks? Stroke, heart disease, blood clot are your big risks of starting it late. Because the your reason, body is, it's been depleted of this for yeah. 10 years is what yeah. you're saying. The, the, so when you add it to, it's like a shock to the system, basically. That's exactly yeah. right. That's okay. exactly right. It, it's called the healthy cell hypothesis, okay. right? So if you take a healthy, healthy cells of a 51-year-old, right, and you keep them healthy with estrogen, 
She's going to have a different rate of heart disease than if you take a 70-year-old. who, And that's exactly what the Women's Health Initiative showed, which is why it was stopped, because they're like, whoa, we're giving people more cardiovascular events. We're like, the majority of people in that study were 20 plus years post-menopause. Because well, to, be, yeah, to be enrolled yeah. in the Women's Health Initiative, you needed to have zero symptoms because they didn't want people to know if they were on the placebo or not. And you're absolutely going to know if you're on estrogen because your hot flashes get better. So that's why there were old people in the Women's Health Initiative. Yeah, I had heard that. I heard that it was not exactly, it wasn't, it wasn't women like us. No, it, was it wasn't. Women. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and from, it's, it's fascinating too, because from that study, they said there was no discernible improvement in quality of life on the people on hormones versus placebo. But they were and in we're their like, 70s. <laughs> they weren't having hot flashes to begin with. They purposefully made people not have any symptoms before they could be enrolled in the study. And then they said it doesn't improve your quality of life. The and so that's I, why, yeah, I mean, it's in, once you learn all this stuff, it's insane. The more I hear about this study, the more angry I become. I mean, seriously, I mean, well, what I, it has it, done. Yeah, it, the, how they announced it to the world was very poor. I like to assume best intent of like, listen, we, number one killer of women's cardiovascular disease. They were trying to figure out if putting hormones on older women decreased the risk of cardiovascular disease. Turns out it doesn't because of the healthy cell hypothesis. We actually hurt them when we throw them on hormones after they haven't had them for 20 years. And in the meantime, women in their 50s and 60s are suffering because of that study. Unbelievable. 100%. 100%. Well, we've already talked about the other question I have, which are some, what are some of the other benefits of estrogen? Um, you listed them off. So I, I have a question and I saw this. I, I, I love your Instagram, by the way, but you recently said that natural quote unquote is a weapon used against women to keep us in our place. Can you explain that? Cause I agree, yeah. but I just want to hear your explanation of this. Well, I mean, I just kept, I kept hearing it over and over and over in my office. Like, is it natural? Is it natural? I don't do things that aren't natural. My friends know me as the natural one. Like I just kept getting these same damn stories over and over. And then I'd be like, did you drive here or did you walk? Did you, and if you walk, did you walk barefoot? Because all those things aren't natural, right? To, to be like, why do you choose all these? You know, there's nothing, I, I have walls around me. It's not natural. Like literally we're at the point where we're like this natural fallacy is very strong, but ridiculous. Like flossing your teeth is not natural. Right. Right. Plaque is natural. Like, Plossing is not. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's insane. But, the, but part of that is their fear of if it's not natural, it must be unethical or it must be unhealthy. And those, it's not, it's not how logic works. It's not true. So it's, it's really an interesting mind, you know, to research it and to be like, why does our brain do this? But if we can keep women obsessed about their body image and we can keep them fearful, um, and we can keep them uneducated. We've got the trifecta of control. And who is this control? Like, wh what does this stem from? Like, what keeping us? Like, do it's, you think yeah, that the whole natural thing is is a ploy also to keep us? Why? Well, women buy into it. You know, like you're you doing mad? it to yourself at some point. No, you know, we give like, oh, you're tired. Why don't you try some testosterone? Because we care about their quality of life. Like women are willing to suffer because it's natural. 
women, men, they're like, you mean there's something that I could do that would give me more energy and help me like play with my kids? Yeah. It's called, it's called testosterone. You want some? They're like, yeah, sounds good. We don't <laughs> treat, it's a gender bias, 100% gender bias. Wow. And you just, so what are some of the other things that you've kind of discovered when you've done the deep dive into this, like about, like, it's, uh, it's mostly, just, f it's fear. Women are so afraid, but it's so, it's so fascinating because I'm like, women, you guys are smart. Like women are smart and like the internet's not totally great, but it's not bad. Like you're just willing to suffer and not ask questions and not try to, like, it's amazing to me of like, why wouldn't you want to try to feel better? But it's fear. And, and it's very interesting when you look at like medical devices and stuff like that of like, we can't hurt one woman. We can't hurt one woman, so we can't help anybody else, right? Whereas guys, we're like, well, you know, some people might have some side effects, but like, look at all the dudes we're helping. We think about them as a group very differently. Interesting. See, I never, like, I never put that together before, but now that you, I saw that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, one example is like uh, mesh slings, for example, is like a mesh slings will hurt the occasional woman. She's going to have side effects from it. Does that mean the country should ban them so everybody has wet pants? <laughs> right well, i mean that's I the question and that's what that's what we're trying to struggle with of like what's an acceptable number of harm for an acceptable number of benefit and that's like the wonderful philosophic questions of healthcare, you know and medications in general medications cause so many side effects but they help yeah, some people. watch watch a commercial that's like the then the, they start speaking really quickly may cause you know like even on a commercial and you're just like your head's spinning because you're like well why would anybody take that you know but right. I know they have to yeah, do yeah. it and to I think, cover, cover their ass. I got it. But yeah. yeah, but it's a nice example of like, we take medications that cause side effects, but we treat hormones like, well, if we can't have any side effects for anybody, like, well, then we would have zero medications that exist. But like, when you're talking about like the mesh, um, like, I, I don't know, I walk through a a drugstore now and I'm appalled at the adult diaper section, which is now much larger than the baby diaper section, which sets off alarm bells to me. Like, well, uh, you know, people must be wearing these if there's so much of it in the store. And it would seem to me, I mean, I would like to do whatever I can to make sure I never buy adult diapers. So, or at least Good job. put that off as long. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. as long as I can, but you know, it, you're right. It, all it takes is, especially I think in the society, the way we are right now, like as of today, it seems that we are so quick to judge, so quick to say something's bad. You Then you, you add on the internet and you add on social media where there's so much in, misinformation. It's, it's insane. I mean, my, sometimes I, my head spins at what I see. And, but I, I might be able to discern some of that, but many women may not or men. And it just, it's just causing so much confusion. And so we're so quick to judge. And I think it's gotten yeah. worse. Yeah. Well, I think a perfect example is like cars, right? Like cars kill about 40,000. Last time I checked the data, cars kill about 40,000 people a year, 40, 50, 40,000, let's say 40,000 people a year. The car advertisements don't say this might cause death. Right. And it's a risk we're willing to take every time we get in a car. 
But yeah. 40,000 people a year die in them. Does that mean nobody should drive a car? Yeah. Try or do we try to make away. it as, right. right. Or do we try to make it as safe as possible with the understanding of like, this is going to kill some people, you guys. But I don't yeah. know. It's like it, to take it back to medicine of like women are like, I don't want any side effects from any hormones and it can't hurt anybody. It's like, well, that's not being an adult living in a complex society with complex bodies. Like, do, do you find that more women are, once you talk to them, they're like, oh, and then they take it? Or are they still like steadfast? Like, no, absolutely not. Not me. Like, well, it's interesting because of, you know, cognitive bias, right? So we know we have studies that if you believe something, let's let's say a political thing. You believe something and I try to tell you, no, it's wrong. What have I just done? I've reinforced your belief. That's what brains do. It's the craziest thing. Good job, brains. We need to, we need to like upgrade the software. But um, th- so I'm curious if the same thing happens. Like, you know, the woman who came in and she's like, I will never touch hormones because I'm adopted. Like she's had that belief for a very long time. And so here I am being like, well, it decreases your risk of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, colon cancer, osteoporosis. Like, am I actually changing her mind? Did am you? I providing? I, I, this is what I've, I've started, like, just giving them podcasts, giving them books to read and not and just being like, if you want it, you come back. It's on you. I am not here to reinforce it. Like, I'm here just to be like, there might be other truths out there. But yeah, I don't push it at this point because I'm like, I know it's good. Go educate yourself. I'm happy to help you. So but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to. to to change like a well-held belief. It's not my body. I'm not living in your body. Well, that's Treat true. How you want. But, but if I were that woman and you said that to me, well, which was where I came from, which because I walked in thinking I would have a higher risk of breast cancer. Um, and then once my other doctor, I went to another one, not the original one that told me that he didn't believe in hormone replacement therapy, um, you know, and that a woman should just go through what nature intends her to go through. Um, I found, I advocated for myself, found another doctor to discuss it. And when I brought up the breast, she brought up all the other good things that could come from that. And I left her office with a prescription. I mean, right then and there, I was like, sign me up. Okay. Um, as long as she's like, as long as you promise you'll get your annual mammogram, which I completely do. She's like, yeah. Um, I was like, absolutely. I do that anyway. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. I walked out with the prescription and I felt better almost immediately. Um, but I, I wonder how many, like, I'm hoping that women who listen to this or listen to your podcast or, you know, any, there's so many great, uh, conversations around menopause now. I hope that they, you know, give it a try and that they go for the stuff that the pharmacy gives you the stuff that your doctor that is, you know, your, your insurance pays for hopefully, and that you go get the stuff that is FDA approved and not get something that's, you know, a pellet or whatever that you don't know what's in it exactly. But I hope that yep. women listen to this and do a little research and find out what's so speaking of research, what podcast besides your own do you recommend? And what books when you said, here are some books, like what books would yeah. you recommend? My book talks about it briefly. I do a chapter of maybe it's menopause, right? Okay. So it's, that's a kind of light, a light, uh, if you, if you in want sex book- and menopause, your book, book is my book. So you are not broken, right? Uh-huh. Stop shooting all over your sex life. <laughs> um, estrogen. If you want the Bible, so if you want light with some sex, that's my book. 
If you want the Bible, it's Estrogen Matters by Avram Blooming and Carol Tavers. Um, another great menopause podcast is Heather Hirsch's podcast. So Health by Heather Hirsch, who is a Harvard, she was at Harvard. Now she's with Midi Health. She's an internist who's passionate about hormones and is very, very data, very science driven. Yeah. I always say, check the science. Where's the science? That's yeah. Um, any other, any other books? Those are my top, those are my top ones right now. Well, I'm, I'm I would gonna, start, start I, with that. If you read Estrogen Matters, I kid you not, you will not need another book. Okay. There you have it. Not even yours, huh? Just Boom. <laughs> well, mine's for sex. They, they don't talk about sex in, in, in Estrogen Matters, to my knowledge. Okay. All right. Is there anything else that you think women should know before we wrap this up? I mean, I think this has been great. So, um, I, you know, cause I can, I can say what I want, but I'm not a doctor and right. I don't pretend to be one. And I just, you know, don't want to see women suffer, um, in midlife or in any part of their life, but specifically this part when there's something you can do about it. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think my, my message would be two things for women is number one, think about how you want to age. Who do you want to be when you're 75? What do you want to be doing? Do you want, you want to be thinking as sharp as you are and traveling and using your body and maybe enjoying sex and all the things, right? How do you want to age? And then think, is, could hormones be part of that? Certainly exercises, certainly watching your diet, certainly drinking zero optimal but minimal alcohol, right? And thinking of how we age. And then number two, if you are a person who has been benefited by hormones, like become part of the advocacy team because women need to hear. We really care about how our girlfriends and our families, you know, what's working for them. And sometimes that goes way farther than what a doctor says. And so these women, like time and time again on my Instagram, they're like, changed my life, changed my life, changed my life. And I'm like, good, because you're saying it in a forum where women can be like, I don't just have to trust this doctor. Like these women are like, it's life changing to be on these hormones. And so to me, I'm like, get loud because it's the only way that women aren't going to be afraid is if they see other women advocating for themselves and saying that I would do this time and time again because it makes so much sense to me. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that's me. I'm the, I'm the loud cheerleader. Um, so I agree. Um, I, we, we I need even people like you. I've even shown women my patch, <laughs> like here it is, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of it because I'm here and I can talk about it and I feel so much better than I was feeling before. Um, so I say, you know, give it a try, just get your mammograms if you're scared of breast cancer. And, you know, obviously there are, there are some women that cannot take it. I got that. Um, but if you can check it out, I mean. And if your doctor, I always say this, if your doctor, like my first one said, I don't believe in it, find a new doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Get curious. Be like, why? why? You know, you, why? And you bring in, you, you go on the internet and you get the North American Menopause Society 2022 guidelines and you bring them in. And oh, the 2022 yeah. guidelines say benefit outweighs risks in the majority of women in young menopause. There you have it. And what did you think about the New York Times article? Love it. Very well done. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody dove, dove deep to explain it in a very well done way. I'll leave, I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. So, um, I mean, I've been sending it to people left and right, but, um, I think it's 
great. I think it's so fabulous that finally there's some good. Uh, there's actually a, this is a friend of a friend went into their doctor like two days after the New York Times article came out. She already had had an appointment, right? So she went in, brought the New York Times article in and the doctor's like, our phones are ringing off the hook. Wow. Wow. And you're really? Like, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, the cut cool. had one too. The cut had a pretty good article as well, but the New York, that's great. Okay. This has been fabulous. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking to us about menopause and trying to clear up a lot of the misconceptions because God only knows there's a ton around the subject and we're trying to clear it up. Right. So thank you so oh, much. Thanks I for doing your really part. Absolutely. I'm trying. I'm trying. Forming our army, right? Forming our army. So if That's right. you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, everybody. And go talk to your doctor about hormone replacement therapy if you've not done so already. Okay. Thanks, everybody. 